Welcome to Gamography. Welcome to GOG. <laughs> the podcast about game cubes and the people who make them. About games and the people who cube them. <laughs> exactly. That's real. That's actually what this episode is about. It's about games and the people who cube them. Mm-hmm. Cubing a game being to make it a GameCube game. Or to make it a game with a little three on like the end of it. Three? Yeah, like you, how you cube it, like you put like a little three on top at the end. Oh, oh, you switched over to our other podcast, uh, Mathography. <laughs> <laughs> There's like people like yelling Ge- outside too. Geometry. <laughs> Are there people yelling? Can you not hear that? Talk about Pikmin. Talk <laughs> get about to the, Pikmin. Get to the Miyamoto already. Get to the Gog. Get to the Gog. That's what they're chanting outside. Listen. You gotta give them what they want, I guess. So today on Gameography, uh, as you may have guessed... We talk about the GameCube. That's what this one is. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> just I'm just filling just, in the goggers. Okay. Getting making sure they're up there, making sure they're up to speed. Right now we're uh-huh. in the intro. This is where we're uh, we make jokes. This is where we make jokes, Tim. Um. So you may say, "What's a GameCube?" <laughs> <laughs> no, but before <laughs> before we get to the GameCube, uh, uh-huh. I have a. Uh, uh, some, some thoughts from our man, the man of the hour, the okay. man of the gog, okay. Miyamoto himself. Miyagogo. Uh, from, I believe, two thousand. Wow. So before the GameCube came out, but obviously it was like underway. Yeah. Um, but he was talking at the game developers con- conference. It's kind of a long quote, but should I just read it? Yeah, as it yeah, is. Yeah, okay. Please. Um. Though I have now talked mostly about the technical aspects of game design, I would now like to talk about something on the opposite end of the spectrum. So this is like after he's been talking for a while. We must not forget the importance of human ingenuity and creativity in game design. Naturally, it is a new and unique expression of ideas that gives birth to new games. Recently, I'm very sorry to see that the uniqueness of many titles has been dependent upon new technology and specialty development tools. While the personalities of the creators has been delayed, have been diluted. For me, game creation is like expression through music. When I'm working as a director on a game, while I always try to hit upon new plots, I place great importance on the tempo of the game and the sound effects. I feel that those directors who have been able to incorporate rhythm and emotional stimuli in their games have been successful. When I'm holding the controller and setting the tempo, I feel that my own personal game is in the midst of creation. <laughs> I have never created a game that has been of a level that I could be satisfied with. <laughs> Understanding the technologies is there is a requisite if we want to fully realize our expression. Game designers are apt to boast of the technical aspects of their games, and I too have fallen into this trap. Speaking of my own case, I tend to highlight new technologies when I am less confident about the new ideas I'm putting forward in the game. And later, I always regret doing this. It's important for us to remember that technology can inspire new ideas and help us realize those ideas, but it should do so from the background. That I Devin, I think you you should have saved that for like the last episode of the season. I thought about it, but I feel like you just that quote describes everything about Miyamoto. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting because also as we'll talk about, like Nintendo was Nintendo doesn't like play the the same game that everyone else does anymore. <laughs> But at the time, they were still like playing the like our our like our machine is going to be the next like most powerful thing. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. And that was that was like their whole like you know pitch with the N sixty four too. Mm-hmm. But it was like that was kind of their thing with the GameCube as well. Interesting. Um, so it is interesting that he was like. I mean, I feel like he's never been interested in that as much. But definitely, I feel like once they probably got past the n64 
Yeah. Because it's like, okay, I've done 3D stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like... That's funny, though, because actually, uh, as listeners will come to find out, one of the one of my biggest thoughts about these games, mm-hmm. kind of looking at it through the eyes of a, of, of a Gogger, as opposed to the of eyes GameCube of... GameCube games or... GameCube games, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, as opposed to like the eye of a child or just as someone playing the games kind of thoughtlessly. It's mm-hmm. like, I do actually feel like what you're seeing here is like a lot of the games are um, technically interesting while not always perfectly well designed in the way that like yeah. the best games we've covered in this season have been. Yeah, and that uh, that's a really good point because that's another thing that about the GameCube games that I noticed is like not all of them, but like, you know, specifically like Mario and like Zelda titles mm-hmm. are like, yeah. they don't really bring a whole lot of new ideas or yeah. at least like good new ideas, I guess yeah. I'd say. Like it's... It's kind of just like updating it for new technology in some ways. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like, um, so like in Wind Waker, for example, mm-hmm. I think uh, the whole intro sequence is very, very similar to that of like Ocarina of Time in certain ways, mm-hmm. where you're just kind of like doing this basic thing. When you're like on that first island. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But in it's like in it's in all the details and the style of it that it feels completely new. And it's like most of that I think was allowed by the technology, you know? Yeah. Whereas for sure. like yeah. yeah. And yeah. there are a lot of new ideas, but it's like they're not in the gameplay itself or yeah. mm-hmm. technical kind of like uh game design concepts. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I think that and this is also, you know, the time when Miyamoto basically stops directing games. <laughs> yeah, that's so, probably that's probably a crucial aspect of Like he's this. he's obviously still involved with all these games, but he's not like and it, I feel like, it, I mean, it's like kind of impossible to say without like being at Nintendo, yeah, but like yeah. it, it feels like he is still kind of like the like end of the, like, like if he says it's not good, then like yeah. you, like, that's it. Like you can't really argue with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I think it is different from like him, like being more involved from him just being like, okay, yeah, this is good enough. Yeah. Like <laughs> it actually, it really is interesting where, uh, his role in these games is something that you really just don't see in have we talked about this before where it's like you don't see a a creator have this role in any kind of medium usually where mm-hmm. you know like if i feel like you it's a little different but like i feel like in movies you'll have like big directors and stuff be like producers on other stuff yeah where it's but it's more like they like read the script and are like okay this is yeah like you should make this movie yeah <laughs> and they don't really like usually they don't really like have anything to do with making it yeah. as much and and it's like in the cases where you do have an executive or somebody overseeing the production of like many movies at once that they're not actively creating yeah it's usually it's usually from a financial standpoint right where it's yeah. like you have some guy at exactly. sony probably yeah. deciding a lot of things about all the movies coming out in a certain era mm-hmm. but it's not like they're all reflecting his artistic vision mm-hmm. whereas or like in, a like a gabe newell type for <laughs> for games oh that's funny did he is that someone who was in the same role as Miyamoto do you feel like where he was no like, I feel like he's just like in like that like money like executive interesting role, where it's like I feel like he he doesn't really like design stuff he just like yeah decides like what projects to make essentially interesting hey well uh you'll we'll be talking more about that <laughs> in a little while we'll see spoilers <laughs> yeah spoilers spoilers <laughs> save it for the pod um yeah, but because it's like I do feel like you all these games distinctly are kind of made by Miyamoto, although they aren't. Mm-hmm. Or you know, I feel like another kind of comparison is like like J.J. Abrams has mm. like he has the movies he makes, which are yeah. clearly like he made those movies, but yeah. then he also has like all the TV shows that he like. That oh, are like yeah. in his like company and that he like produced and stuff but it's yeah. like he didn't make like like he shot the first episode of lost and then didn't have anything to do with it really yeah yeah but it's like it still like kind of feels and then like he has a bunch of other shows yeah like i think he even got started in tv but hmm. it's like that's kind of si- somewhat similar i feel like yeah i think like because he obviously had something to do with like like creative like direction of those shows but then once they were like going like yeah he didn't really like work on them and that's i mean that's something kind of innate i think 
to the medium of games and the medium of television, mm-hmm. if you're comparing those at, yeah. in particular, where it's like, yeah. he couldn't possibly, yeah. like, you know, direct that first episode and then have a, a significant hand in making the rest of the show mm-hmm. for the next, like, seven Unless years. Unless that was, like, his only job. Exactly. Like, yeah. He, yeah, he couldn't do a bunch of stuff, but it's yeah. like... Well, I think the difference is with TV and games specifically is, like, once a game comes out, yeah. it's out. But, like, with a TV show, mm-hmm. it's like, you would, you probably, like, would, you know, write, like... Well, you'd write like a pilot or whatever, mm-hmm. but then, you know, like you can adapt as you're going. You can yeah. like change the first, like, yeah. you, know, you can write a couple episodes and then change how you exactly. were thinking yeah. about it. And then games really are, do. games are almost like closer to movies, but still different in some way where it's like, it's a very, it's a relatively small vision that you're creating, mm-hmm. but there are so many details that need so much work to like mm-hmm. uh, bring into reality that it's like you need so many people doing so many things and one person can kind of oversee all of it without directly doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And like one thing that I know Mimoto has talked about is that, that he likes, cause like he said, you know, people have like compared him to like big directors and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't think that's like true. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I don't see myself as that at all. But he's like, you know, with movies, like once you, like shoot the movie yeah yeah it's like you like you know sometimes you can do like reshoots and stuff yeah or like you can try and edit around things but it's like you're kind of stuck with it whatever it is but he talked about he likes about games is like you can change stuff like really up -hmm. until the end yeah like Uh, you can change any detail he could have changed any detail of luigi's mansion before i think modern games are are less like that than but I like I think he was talking about like you know with like Mario or something. It's like the game could be not fun, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> you he, like he he you know he the example he used was like talking about like changing like the physics on like jumping. Yeah, it was like if you just change that one thing, like the whole game could become fun. Yeah, and it's like you just have to get <laughs> yeah. that right. So like I feel like with modern games, it can be more tough because you're like making all these like like 3d models and stuff and like having to like every like you have to have like a good plan yeah for a while yeah because like in like uh what would even be an example like um uh days gone for playstation (laughs) that i don't know why that's the first thing that comes to my head it's like a modern uh you know big 3d game where it's like if you change one detail about how the character moves you then have to change all the animation and Mm -hmm. like sounds and so many different things yeah but then aren't aren't you i feel like a lot of that is stuff coming on at the very end so there's probably a huge amount of time where you are just building a physical world and like physical movements and relationships between things where it's like you can kind of i had to imagine the first year of making a game like that you can kind of change anything with little consequence yeah, I think from my understanding, it's like so dependent on just like that, that like that company. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> I think probably like more successful ones do do it like that, but I think like companies can get into trouble or like yeah. people can get into trouble when they like don't do it that way and just like yeah. are too confident or whatever. Yeah, and also I mean it's kind of like um it's kind of like an innate weirdness in game making where it's like if if you the the smaller the the team is the more and the more like di- uh directly from a vision from a specific like inspired vision that the game is coming mm-hmm. was, i'm not um <laughs> uh-huh. uh the 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 harder it's going to be to execute that vision in a way that doesn't require tons and tons of redoing things cuz it's like yeah. like the the guy who made um 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 the farming game on switch what's that called starter valley yeah starter valley that was like li- it's like every aspect of the game was made by one person yeah. right yeah and so it's like truly an exceptional yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. and but it's like you do there's plenty of examples of games that are closer to that mm-hmm. and and then it's like you know obviously gradual yeah. the like you know bigger and bigger but with something like that it's like he probably has a, a very distinct concept right from the beginning of what this game is going to look and feel like and so it's like obviously if you're like a multidisciplinary artist where he's making the visual sound music mm-hmm. like does programming it's like you're going to want to kind of do all of that together mm-hmm. and then you're kind of fucked if at the end you decide you want to change how the character moves or something yeah i think yeah i think it's but i mean at the same time i think it's probably it might be easier cuz like you at least know what you have to do 
and mm-hmm. you only have to convince yourself to do it. <laughs> that's yeah, that's that's the flip side. Yeah, that yeah. makes it way easier. Yeah. Whereas like if you I think where the problem a lot of games run into is like they have a deadline they have to meet and they're yeah. like well, yeah. we could change this thing, but that would mean we have to change all these other things. Yeah, yeah. Which would mean like that would take way longer than just changing this one thing yeah. or whatever. But um getting back to Miyamoto. Oh, this is about Miyamoto? Uh, so Miyamoto. So Miyamoto. He says, "So for our next generation hardware, he says, should I should I start by making a new Zelda game?" And the crowd goes, <laughs> and, he, and then he <laughs> that says, was a direct quote, by the way. Yeah, that was a sound clip that we just played. <laughs> he says, "At this point, the answer to that question is no." And then, oh. <laughs> It does say, in parentheses, disappointed Oz. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, and then he talks about how, like, you know, he he basically doesn't know what to do with, like, how to, like, improve upon Zelda. Or, like, he doesn't have, like, new ideas, basically, he says. Um, hmm. He says, I can with improved hardware, I can imagine Zelda having more detailed graphics and a quicker response time. But when it comes to increasing the degree of fun, <laughs> I cannot be certain of that at this time. <laughs> and that is something I feel we, we as designers must reconsider. And then um, he says, like, he, he, he like, introduces a new game that, that, they, that he's been working on for the Nintendo 64 DD disc disc oh, drive yeah. or whatever oh baby <laughs> and it's called talent maker and talent maker talent maker okay let's make let's make some original characters it's like the original like me creator but even more crazy you can change you can choose the hair color and you're switching noses pig nose yeah yeah this is literally like nintendo 64 me's yeah what? So you just put the the face from the picture onto the character, and apparently they uh, at that like when he was giving his talk, it showed a character with Miyamoto's face on it. <laughs> wow, this is it's so insane to see that the idea for Mies <laughs> is that old. Yeah, this is exactly the same concept where you make your yeah. own individual little characters and then you put them into like, like different more games. advanced. Yeah, like, yeah, like <laughs> that visually looked way worse, I but was functionally yeah. identical or more sophisticated. <laughs> yeah. So obviously that I don't know if that even came out or if it. If it came out, it definitely came out in Japan. Uh, yeah, I feel like if that had come out, we would know. <laughs> well, the like Culture the sixty four DD never came out in the United States. Mm. So wow, that, but it did come out. It did come did out. We talked about that before. I don't think I knew that ever actually came out. Yeah, it did come out, but it was like no one bought it, and yeah. there was there's like literally like three games for it or something insane. <laughs> like there's like nothing for it. Wow. Um, so was that like was that just like a period of failure for Nintendo? Like well, I mean, kind of like the Nintendo sixty four was not like the like they they had been knocked out out of yeah first place by yeah. a long shot by Sony yeah and so I don't think they thought that was gonna like turn things around but yeah. like yeah I don't know I think they that was like they they were looking to replicate what they had done with the original Nintendo. But like they just didn't have, like the people or like the time to do it because yeah. it was like by the time that came out, I think that I think it came out like nineteen ninety nine or eight or something. Mm-hmm. Which at that point it's like people like are ready for like the next yeah thing. Yeah, yeah um, no one was really interested. I had to imagine in like a slightly upgraded version of the N sixty four. Yeah, yeah. Um. So and that is the like background to the. GameCube being developed is that they wanted obviously to get back at Sony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll show them with Luigi. Uh codenamed the Dolphin. The Dolphin. <laughs> do it do a dolphin sound. <laughs> wow, that was SpongeBob. 
Yeah, SpongeBob's a dolphin, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's. And for those that don't know, uh, it was so it was called Project Dolphin, and it was supposed to be water themed, right? Do you have anything about that? I didn't actually find it. Like that's always what you hear, but yeah. I actually didn't find anything about. Oh, that. that's interesting. Maybe that was like just a fully like uh, people noticed that, and it was never explicitly yeah. stated. I bet that was like a thing. Because I mean, just the fact I, that you have the the mainline mm-hmm. Mario and Zelda games are both di- very, very distinctly mm-hmm. water themed. Yeah, I feel like it was. I don't know. I don't know how that happened. I wonder if it was just like they specifically were like, we need, we we want to make something that can make water look really good, like graphically, <laughs> yeah. yeah, or something. We know how but, Miyamoto felt about the floating wood signs <laughs> in yeah, Zelda, exactly. So. He's like, we need to make a whole console based around <laughs> that concept. Not even just a game, a whole generation of games. They're like, are All... you sure? <laughs> this is what's going to defeat PS2. This is the fun we need. <laughs> so they partnered with a lot of the same people as before, but um, so like in their in their talking about it before it came out it was they did talk about it as like they had gotten like like a leaked like i don't know design document or something of like the ps2 so like they Mm. they knew basically what the ps2 was going to be oh wow they're like it's more powerful than the ps2 (laughs) and then they were like and it's gonna be more powerful than the dreamcast which was sega's um, oh yeah yeah uh console and and then like obviously like it at some point in their developing of the GameCube, Microsoft started making the Xbox, mm. and um, and and truly the Xbox did what Nintendo don't. <laughs> Whereas no one else could say that, but Xbox truly did. Well, How, what yeah. was the time differential between those two? GameCube and Xbox yeah. of like when they came out. Yeah, they came out the same like basically the same time. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, the same year, um, and Microsoft actually tried to buy Nintendo or they offered to buy Nintendo because <laughs> I mean and Nintendo just, laughed them out of the room. Yeah, they my they it says uh in this book about uh, like the creation of the Xbox, I guess. It says that Microsoft was ready to spend 25 billion for Nintendo and like the president they like they talked to I guess the president of um Nintendo of America and he said like I was surprised we didn't need the money. I thought it was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> they said then the, like there like there was that like also that news article about that recently. It was like they got laughed or whatever yeah. like laughed out of the room or whatever. But apparently we, actually, we talked that about that on another episode yeah, of the pod. But like apparently they did actually like take it kind of seriously. But there were mm. ultimately they were like yeah, like we don't have like yeah, there's no reason they, to do why this. would they do that? Yeah. <laughs> we have so much money. Yeah. Like <laughs> I mean, um, even now, that would still be kind of a ridiculous proposition, but especially at the time, like, honestly, like, that's a lot of bravado yeah, on Microsoft's part, right? Where it's, like, this just kind of, like, cheesy computer company who is, like, obviously significant, but it's, like, we're just, like, yeah, we're going to start a gaming division. Mm-hmm. And that's how in- they, like, zot. They're, like, yeah. they don't know anything about games. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, they know about, like, business and stuff, yeah, but, yeah. like, they're not going to be able to... That's like yeah. they didn't take Xbox seriously. Like no one took Xbox seriously. Yeah. And it, obviously, it. I mean, it, Xbox didn't really take off. Like did it not? for a while until like. We didn't. Wasn't Halo pretty early on in Xbox? Yeah, I mean, Halo was big, but like, Xbox was the. I think it was like the worst selling. Oh really? Of the consoles. I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. Um, I always assumed that it was um, like comparable at the least. Mm mm. Hmm. I mean, it no, it's like it was a close to GameCube, yeah. But like, I mean, they both clearly the PS2 was the winner yeah. between all of them. Yeah. Um, another interesting thing of the development is uh, there are rumors that they were working on a quote sensory controller, <laughs> which there's a, like a um, there was like a I don't know where this is even from, but it's like a thing that shows like. One, of, it's like a controller with one side that can like pop off. Wow! Yeah, so and it's then, it's like 
it's it's like two joy cons and uh-huh. then well is the is the middle part attached to the left one i th- yeah i don't think the left one can come up, come apart yeah but it's like so the, in your left hand you'd have a joy con with the middle stuff the right yeah. one would have just a yeah. standalone kind and, of joy con equivalent yeah and the, it would have like a microphone and headphone jack in it and stuff wow <laughs> and wireless so, i assume it would have to it be wireless to be, yeah, yeah. There was wow. uh, like wireless GameCube controller as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the big fat one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was really gross. Someone yeah. I knew had the one of those, but I never yeah. did. Um, wow. So once again, honestly, like I feel like Nintendo. Uh, they made the N sixty four, and that was like this is what three D could theoretically be, and then it feels like they kind of came up with this whole concept of what their games of their systems would look like, and they've kind of just followed that. Where right after the N sixty four, they came up with Mies. They came up with uh, motion controlled controllers. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't use any of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But it's like yeah. they've known since they've then. They've had those ideas. It's like yeah. that's been in the back of their head, and that's still what it is basically. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know, I think a lot of a lot that of is stuff. Miyamoto because yeah. like I feel like he, I mean, obviously he was like pushing that like weird me like creator game. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and like he was like, well, well, I mean, we'll talk about it in, in the next episode oh yeah but like he was obviously oh, yeah. a big part of uh the wii so yeah. I, and i so i have to imagine he was like they don't call him Wiimoto for nothing <laughs> wii <Wii-O-Moto. laughs> that's like uh the wario version of Miyamoto. <laughs> <laughs> stinky Miyamoto. stinky Miyamoto? is wario stinky mario <laughs> yeah Wiimoto. <laughs> Honestly, Devin, I feel like you just made me realize Mario and Miyamoto are like very similar names. Yeah. Very similar. <laughs> Almost hard to tell which one I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's a coincidence. Um Luigi Odo. Yeah. So uh Miyamoto or not Miyamoto, Nintendo obviously the Nintendo 64 was the last uh until recently to use uh like cartridges instead of discs yeah so they <laughs> they brought out discs and miyamoto so they use these little tiny oh. mini dvds if you if anyone who has ever had a gamecube knows the magic of these discs <laughs> and the thing though is that they're so dumb <laughs> yeah like there's no reason oh they're for it. so cute though yeah but i <laughs> i think that this is i think it's actually it's a perfect nintendo decision where it just it makes it a distinct experience mm-hmm. in every physical aspect. Yeah, it prevents from privacy or uh, piracy. I mean, um, and it just I guess. it makes it uh, memorable yeah. and fun. Yeah, but Miyamoto, this is what Miyamoto had to say about the tiny yeah. discs. He said that the smaller discs send a message to developers that they don't <laughs> need to make long games with realistic graphics. Because yeah. <laughs> I think they're sending also a it literally like held less like could hold less data than a full-size dvd theoretically it must yeah <laughs> dvds are not shaped in size that way for uh arbitrary reasons yeah um and let us uh let us look at a a, com- <laughs> a truly insane commercial for the game oh yeah oh, samurai guys inside a giant cube cube in a mall or something goth girl wow <laughs> wow ghost in a cube a man, old man eating soup. Uh, what do you think of when you think of fun? Wow, this is so creepy and weird. <laughs> Pikmin. Yeah, that's like one of the just, only like Nintendo things that even appears. there is just some Pikmin on the street in a window. Yeah, but you're seeing all these people in cubes, but it, yeah. and it looks like it's like uh, made by the Wazowskis. It's like <laughs> it's like the Matrix. It really is. Yeah, but with cubes. There's a shark in a cube. Oh, a, a Tie I, Fighter in a cube. Was that like a Star Wars TIE Fighter or a Star Fox? Star Wars, yeah, because there was a Star Wars. Oh, that ooh. was like one of their. We just saw Smash Bros, Pikmin, Star Wars. Nintendo GameCube. Life's a game. Life's a game. Wow. Man, Nintendo just so consistently has the weirdest ads that kind of don't make any sense on any level of why they would make it like that. Yeah, it's really weird because like those old those like old Nintendo commercials that we looked at before, it's like it almost makes sense because like that was before we were born. Like life was crazy back then. (laughs) But it's like that was not that long ago. It's like we were kids then. And that they still like were like, yes, this is 
And well, you know, it's like there was a different culture of like media and advertisements yeah. in general where it's like, yeah, sure, the decisions seem like they were made in different ways than they would be now. But rea- in real in reality, it's like for some reason, someone was like, we need to advertise the Pikmin console <laughs> and let's do it with the Matrix. <laughs> like, let's do it with weird, like, like weird, why? like, 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 that's just techno, such a weird tone. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, it's like, it's like goth techno. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I feel like I've it. It just feels like that's not the first time I've seen ads in that tone for video Definitely. games. Where it's like, I wonder if that was the because that's it, at least it, on YouTube it said that's from 2002, which would have been yeah, like it would have been out for a little bit. Yeah. I wonder if it was like a little bit in response to like yeah. Xbox and stuff. Yeah, actually, because see, I that's I feel like I've seen ads like that for PlayStation and maybe Xbox too, and that tone is the tone of like the PlayStation. <laughs> For example, like yeah, as a console, I, I feel I like I think that makes sense to me as like the Xbox tone. I guess yeah. I just don't know what the PlayStation one is from that time. I feel like both both of those consoles are in line with that of like a dark, edgy, mm-hmm. electronic tone. Yeah, sci-fi almost like futuristic, and it's yeah. like, yeah, I bet I bet that this was kind of before Nintendo had figured out that their that their selling point is that they're not like that, <laughs> and that they're like yeah. Well, I think cute and fun. I think what they were realizing is with like. I mean, maybe I don't. Again, I don't know what the rest of their advertising was like, but it's like that it wasn't working. Cause... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe it's not that they didn't realize that that was what their tone was. It's yeah. that society had not figured out that that's why they're awesome. <laughs> they're like, um, I want edgy uh, Halo. Where's Master Chief? <laughs> yeah. So let's let's make let's make the pick let's make Olimar from Pikmin goth. <laughs> and uh, well, they didn't the do that at least. I think that they should have honestly. That might have changed culture in a way that we couldn't even anticipate. Yeah, does he go goth by uh, Pikmin 3? Yeah, actually, Pikmin 3 <laughs> is completely goth. It's a completely goth game, and many people wow. don't know that. Wow. So one of the problems with that Nintendo had, beyond just <laughs> clearly how they were marketing <laughs> the GameCube, was that um, kind of like with a, a trend that had been going on since the Nintendo 64, of just, um, they were not necessarily trying to get, like, other game companies to make games for the GameCube as much as, like, Sony and Microsoft were, like, very proactive, Mm -hmm. and, like, we're gonna, like, send you all this stuff, we'll, like, help, you know, like, promote your games and stuff, and, and also Nintendo, like, wanted a higher, like, cut of the, (laughs) of, like, the, the profits and stuff, so... That's why, like, basically, like, a lot of games did not come out on the GameCube, but yeah. they just came out on PS2 and Xbox. Like, yeah. um, I would say the majority, right? Where, yeah. Like, I can't really think of any crossovers, like, from that era. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, they were there, but not not that much. Yeah. yeah. And then also, um, obviously, something that happened was Rare, who was, like, one of their big yeah. studios who yeah. they they had a 50 percent like ownership of mm. um got sold to microsoft for a lot of money so 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 did nintendo sell it to them or did rare just make that decision well so nintendo had like a like a right to like first decision or whatever yeah, it's called yeah. so like when microsoft was like trying to buy it nintendo could Basically, what happened is, like, <laughs> Nintendo could, like, say, like, we, you know, would want to buy it for, like, this much, and then they would be able to do it. Yeah. But it was, like, a bidding war kind of thing, and eventually oh, yeah. Nintendo basically was like, yeah, it's not worth this much. <laughs> so, like, they basically made Microsoft pay, like, overpay for it. Oh, that's cool. That's <laughs> that, that's a baller Miyamoto move. <laughs> I'm sure Miyamoto didn't have anything to do with it, but... <laughs> Yeah, it oh, that's is interesting because like them and then like like um, Acclaim was another company that was like more associated with Nintendo that just oh, basically like stopped because they were like, yeah, it's not worth it anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, huh. And so that's yeah. that's too bad because what would rare games in the GameCube have been like? That would have been awesome. Yeah, we could have we could have had Banjo Three. <laughs> I mean, they still get making their same stuff. I feel like, did they? Like, they they all sucked, right? No, I think they're like. I feel like their games for the Xbox 
360 are like really well regarded. Are they like what? Uh, the Banjo Kazooie game they made and uh, on Xbox. Yeah, and Viva Pinata games. I think. That oh yeah, made. I thought those were gen- like generally hated. Is that wrong? I know that the be like, no one likes the Banjo Kazooie games that came out for Xbox. Like those are famously very bad. I feel like I mean I've heard they're like really good, but I think like what? people who I think because they're not like the old ones. So I think people who like just wanted it to be the same as the old ones. You what know? about like nuts and bolts? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Like, I I have heard so many people online say that that game is like <laughs> unplayably bad. Yeah, I think is that wrong? I mean, I don't know. I haven't played it, but like I've always wanted to because I heard it's like really good. It's like really like creative and stuff. Because it's like I feel like that kind of game is like its own genre now but of like the like building like little yeah yeah like out of like like building your own machines and stuff out of Uh little pieces and like trying to make that work interesting but like basically invented that genre wow we should play that for this (laughs) i mean if there's a guy who made that when we do our rare season with matt (laughs) (laughs) wow that's Um, interesting but yeah and then viva pinata i feel like i kind of heard I, that one I'm not sure. That I don't I don't I haven't heard a consensus either way of if it's good or bad. Yeah. So it's always know. been kind of interesting to me. Yeah. I always heard that they were really good, but huh. like they always looked like just like fun times. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're like I feel like they just didn't like like because it was on the Xbox, like I don't know, like Yeah. The people who had Xboxes were not really into it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's truly the problem. Yeah. It's like those are just Nintendo style games. Yeah. And they're not being sold to Nintendo audiences. Yeah. But obviously we talked about Halo and then like the other big like game series that was like overshadowing and overpowering over everything was GTA. Oh at, at yeah. The time. That makes sense. And those are not those were not on yeah. GameCube, obviously. Yeah. But <laughs> this I actually there's a quote from Miyamoto about Grand Theft Auto. Oh my god. Which goodness. is very very interesting. Kind of not what you would expect. <laughs> he says um, I guess somebody was asking me about it. And he said, I've looked at Grand Theft Auto. The basic concept was very well done. Regardless of what the content of the game was, the level of freedom that you had in that one big city was a very good idea. Obviously, it's gotten a <laughs> lot of press because of the moral issues. But even aside from that, the game was done in such a way that it gives great gameplay. <laughs> ah. um, oh, that's great. He said, I think we should welcome this game. Everybody's making all this fuss about the incredible graphics and movies that games have these days but for a game like grand theft auto which is not nearly as polished in terms of graphical look to do so well is a positive for the game industry <laughs> it's like that game doesn't look very good but uh like, that's so funny yeah, like a like, kind of un- underhanded compliment yeah to his competitor but that's like but that is like his whole like philosophy is like yeah it's not about the graphics i would have been very disappointed if he had come out against grand theft auto like <laughs> yeah like it's obscene because it's like yeah because that is such a good point like you know it's like it's easy to dismiss those games because of Mm -hmm. like how kind of like blatantly grotesque they are in certain ways yeah just to get attention for that almost yeah or arguably yeah especially like the old ones i feel like yeah and yeah because coming at a point when like video games were not like that ever right yeah but also i feel like i didn't play any of them but Mm -hmm. i feel like weren't those more like more like kind of just like in your face about that kind of stuff yeah, like, I get the impression they were. Yeah, I feel like the the newer ones, like four and five, are more like, like they still have like, you know, like all that kind of like drugs and like yeah, like you can go into like strip clubs and stuff. But it's like a little more like, I don't know, like they're not like that's not like the selling point of the exactly. Game as yeah. Much. And it's yeah, it's like it's almost <laughs> like I mean when I play GTA, like I'm not trying to make myself sound good but it's like yeah. i the last like several times i've not even entered a strip club or done any of the like yeah kind of like inappropriate like pg-13 things inappropriate <laughs> pg-13 um rated our stuff i guess um just kill people where yeah just just murder and torture just your normal um, like pg stuff <laughs> yeah um <laughs> but it's like it's very easy to avoid all that like that's not an integral part of the game where i don't know if that was then but i also i truly feel like I mean, what are we, you're talking about the early 2000s. Like, mm-hmm. was it as common to see that much violence and sexual oh, no, stuff not. in movies or something oh. at the time? Because I feel like, I wish I could think of a good like example. movies, sure. Where it's like, in the last 10 years, it's like, we've seen a lot of TV shows and movies that are just like, blatantly shocking in ways like that, that aren't, we don't even talk about it anymore. 
I definitely don't think on TV you would have, but yeah. I think like movies, like yeah, I guess maybe not in exactly the same way, but I think yeah, like I feel like even like the eighties and nineties, like yeah. there was a lot of like that movies is true, that yeah. were just like had like tons of violence or just like yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like even more so than in the 2000s, there was like more like weird sex. You know, you are right. Stuff. Yeah. Especially with like, violence, like undeniably. And yeah. then, yeah, I think there's something about like, there is like, there's a lot of 80s and 90s movies that you watch now and you're like, that, that makes me uncomfortable, mm-hmm. even though I could go and watch like Shameless yeah, where yeah. and see like far worse things. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, but uh, I guess maybe the, the, it just feels like there is something about the time that this happened in the, the Grand Theft Auto games that, yeah. that's like, Maybe it's just because video games were more of a kid thing, and so to see Halo and like Granted Auto, like yeah, being that's very definitely adult. like I feel like the way it's like talked about is like yeah. it's like video games are grown up now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and Nintendo was like, "What?" <laughs> like, and then that was basically Miyamoto's response was like, what? "Like we, like, like we're not like because GameCube, Nintendo had been seen this way for a while, but like I think especially this time they were seen as like the kid." like console yeah yeah like if you're if you're like an adult like yeah you shouldn't get a gamecube <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> you're like yeah. cool but it's like yeah. they're like we're just trying to make fun stuff like yeah exactly we're not making it for kids necessarily like yeah kids just are like people like kids play a lot of games Kids so. are just people too man <laughs> quote from but, Miyamoto yeah so um but then I do feel like they they later did fully embrace that in a way that they weren't at the time Cause it's like if yeah. you play when you like when we played Ocarina, not w- at one point during that game do I feel like it's like oh this is a game for kids that happens to be fun for me. It's like this yeah. is just a game. Yeah. Whereas like my go-to example would be Mario Odyssey, mm. where it's like that game has so much that is so beautiful and fun as an adult. But I often in that game I'm like oh this part was, this part has younger people than me in mind, <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. The bunnies. Well, that's that's funny. <laughs> that's funny that. You say that because I think not maybe not necessarily the like age thing. I don't know what you're talking about, but like they do talk about <laughs> how yeah, like, I don't know what you're talking about right now, but anyway. I don't know what you're talking about. I thought that game was very serious and dark. <laughs> 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 you go to that like purgatory for hats. <laughs> <laughs> the whole game the most is I've Mario Dead. <laughs> the yeah, exactly. most I've ever cried. <laughs> but like uh Maybe specifically about Mario Sunshine, but I think just like maybe like just a lot of their bigger games in general, uh-huh. they were like, oh, I, we think these games are like too hard. <laughs> like we've made our games like too hard for like like more just like casual people to just like have fun. Yeah, with. yeah. <laughs> and so Mimoto said that like we're gonna like try and not do that next time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is true, and I get where he's coming from. Because like we've talked about, like Mario 64 and Mario Sunshine have just something about them that makes them so frustratingly difficult that it's like unbearable at times. Yeah. Um, Would you say Mario Sunshine is more difficult than 64? Oh, that's tough. I think that Mario 64 is more intentionally difficult. And in <laughs> okay. in experience, experientially... <laughs> Sunshine is more difficult, but it's because it's poorly made in yeah. certain ways. Yeah. Whereas 64 is just difficult because they made it kind of difficult at yeah. parts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then also a little bit because it's like, you know, frustrating and a little mm-hmm. hard to control. But it's like, yeah. Sunshine is just like, this, they did not, meet, this was not in their notes. Make this part uh, <laughs> like, so difficult that a grown man will cry. Yeah, exactly. This is kind of a low point for. Like the GameCube in general is kind of a low point for Nintendo, I would say, because it it's one of their like lowest selling consoles. Do you have those stats available? They have uh like of all of them. Yeah. I uh, so the GameCube sold twenty two million units, which was about ten less than the N sixty four. Okay. Which was around like thirty or thirty two. Yeah. Um. So the PlayStation two released in two thousand sold one hundred and fifty five million. Yeah, the PlayStation Two is like the best selling console of all time. Yeah, it basically. is. Yeah. yeah. So. And then the DS family sold about the same amount. Yeah. And you got the Game Boy, PlayStation Four. Yeah, Game Boy Advance, which was at the same time, did sell a lot. Yeah. So. Which makes it like I had a Game Boy Advance and I did not have a GameCube. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. You know, it, I actually <laughs> I keep on 
as in this podcast, as we more and more try to conceptualize like the creative output and, and like arc of growth of Nintendo as a company and mm-hmm. as game makers, I always forget that they had handheld consoles at all the same time. That yeah. was like kind of keeping them afloat while they yeah. over and over again kind of just missed the mark with their home consoles. Yeah. Post like Super Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz it's like yeah, that was probably like literally what Nintendo was known for and their home consoles were just secondary, right? Or at least Yeah, I mean I think they didn't want it to be that way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that is how it kind of turned out. Yeah. Like the Game Boy Advance was yeah. was really popular and and because it had like you know, it had a bunch of like really good new games, but it also had like all of the greatest hits of Nintendo's old games on it. Like yeah. you could get like remakes of all like the good super nintendo games on yeah. the game Boy advance yeah and stuff like that and even like yeah. you know there was like at this by the time the game Boy advance was like really a thing like sega had stopped trying to compete so mm-hmm. you had sonic games on the game Boy advance and stuff like yeah. I had sonic yeah i had a ton advance. of Sonic games on there yeah and honestly it's like what were they had no competition really right where it was like the psp yeah. came at a certain point and yeah Honestly, the PSP should have been infinitely more popular than it was. I had one, and it like uh-huh. it was like a place. It was like a PS2 in your hands. Like yeah. it was, it was borderline the technical capabilities of the Switch. Like, <laughs> like yeah. a decade earlier. Yeah. Um, but then also, it's like on the yeah, it's like kind of with Sonic on the place or on the uh, the the uh, uh, Game Boy. What's it called? Um, on mm-hmm. the Game Boy Advance and stuff, you had the opposite of every other Nintendo console where you could get a trillion shitty off-brand <laughs> games for those consoles yeah. that were made that Nintendo didn't even know existed <laughs> but were somehow being sold at like Walmart. Well, the other thing is like you know, I I don't know about how like how expensive like Nintendo DS and 3DS games got, but like at the time like there were way it was like Game Boy Advance games were like pretty cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it wasn't like asking to get like a new like GameCube game or a new like yeah. whatever game, yeah, because they were they were like thirty bucks or whatever. Yeah. Like, I mean, I remember all of my childhood handheld Nintendo games always cost thirty dollars, and console games for any system always cost sixty dollars, give yeah. or give or take. Yeah, and so it's like, yeah, it's like half the price. Yeah, and so you, twice as many places you can take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, parents, I feel like just like loved that. <laughs> just yeah. like, like okay, you can just like be like not happy to be here but you can just play your game board Advance yeah, while it was I'm doing whatever I'm truly doing. it's the predecessor to giving kids ipads to yeah, shut them up re- yeah where it's and also it's like yeah it's like okay if i'm a parent and i'm gonna get my kid a gamecube they're gonna be i mean god what i must have put my parents through like in the living room just playing like pokemon games on my gamecube just for hours and hours publicly basically. pokemon games yeah i don't know that was the first thing in my mind I played. Well, there, was, there was a Pokemon Coliseum game that I played a yeah. ton of. Yeah, that bad example. Whatever. Um, whereas <laughs> you're like, gonna say Sonic Adventure or something. That's that's actually what I should have said. Yeah, that's that's far more accurate. Yeah. The hundreds of hours I spent playing those games. <laughs> but then it's like, yeah, it's like, okay, here's a DS. Go in your room and leave me alone, and I'm, I would just be in there picto chatting myself. <laughs> Is that a euphemism for something, Tim? Uh, that's up to the listener to decide. Um. And then, so the the Wii U sold thirteen yeah. million copies, whereas the GameCube sold twenty one. And in the list of um, highest selling game consoles, they're right next to each other. Well, okay, it's wow. GameCube and then Wii U. <laughs> wow, so that's crazy. Yeah, that kind of puts it into perspective. Yeah, um, yeah. So, the, the, like, they had been steadily falling falling since the Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> so they were they were kind of seen like like a failing like business at a certain point yeah obviously they turned that around yeah Um, and they probably i have to imagine that anyone that knew anything had to see like they weren't really failing but they were no yeah that's the thing they were in decline like that's the thing is like people were like saying that with the wii u too yeah where it's like nintendo has so much money (laughs) that they like they could fail like a bunch more times and they would be totally fine yeah and and they, I mean, it's like not only do they have a wealth of actual money, but they have a wealth of intellectual property exactly. that is like so so iconic that yeah. there's nothing you could ever do to like like they would have to fuck up so many times exactly. in a row to actually yeah. burn through their money and good graces with the public yeah. where they couldn't recover from it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and 
they're on the opposite trajectory right now. Yeah. (laughs) And it's happened several times, right? Yeah, exactly. Where it's like, and because you're in two episodes from now, we're going to be talking about the Wii Mm -hmm. console, and you will see their catastrophic rise to success again. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Which is similar to the Switch after the Wii U. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, next episode, we're going to be talking about Luigi's Mansion, Pikmin, all the all your hits. All the big ones. <laughs> Super Mario Sunshine, Wind Waker, and uh, I guess we'll talk about... I'm sure other games will yeah, come up, exactly. other things. Yeah. So, play all of those games. <laughs> Please, yes. <laughs> I honestly... We got to like start like a, 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 a fan club mailing system where we mail to people... A, a, a post-it note yeah a gamecube and a gamecube <laughs> game we mail a console and a game to everyone who i subscribes. was thinking we, we should have like a calendar or something yeah that like or like a little <laughs> graphic or something that like yeah. shows what like oh like the next like weeks are yeah honestly if there's anyone out here listening like if you if people ever start if you if you ever actually come to this podcast that would be so great you please come to it people please listen to this Damn. because that would be so good it's been blowing up Blowing up. We're at like 30 views. <laughs> yep. Um, I've been uploading the videos to YouTube while Devin uploads the podcast to the regular services and just for the listener to hear. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will say that most of the videos I upload to YouTube get literally zero views <laughs> and yeah. one like and the like is from me. <laughs> so yeah. YouTube is not uh, driving Do you think us. there's something with YouTube's algorithm where it's like, <laughs> we're gonna cut all of this out but like no this is <laughs> miyamoto episode one has like has actual views like not very many but on on youtube right and yeah. like i remember it being the same way with like nice tunes interesting where it was like like i think like your first two episodes or something got views and then yeah. all the rest like didn't get any so i wonder if it's like youtube will like suggests it if it's like episode one that's probably true which is also hilarious because it's like yeah it's like of course why that's would anyone... be the worst one exactly yeah <laughs> but that makes sense where i know that youtube like and all the kind of social media th- platforms their algorithm is based on like if you upload something they'll they'll give it a try and if the people that do click on it like watch it mm-hmm. then obviously then they'll keep on suggesting it and mm-hmm. like you build up essentially automated good and bad grace with with like these algorithms <laughs> and so like the the yeah. youtube algorithm probably has in somewhere in a database like gameography does not get views gameography do not sucks. suggest <laughs> yeah gameography colon sucks <laughs> it's like they're not doing their podcast on the uh google what is it called you know what i'm talking stadia google stadia so ah, oh, therefore I see, yeah. <laughs> If we do a season on Stadia, maybe then they'll like us. Yeah, so all those games to talk about. Yeah, (laughs) all those people who love listening to people talk about Stadia. Yeah, yeah, we'll get lots of views on YouTube and nowhere else. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Uh, Good gog to you all.